good morning, Paul. Good morning. Come into the office. You know, take your seat there. How how you been? What, what what's going on with you this week? Well, uh, DC events—they're just front of mind all the time. Hey, Paul. Look, we we we've been meeting for quite some time now, and I really cannot stress this enough. I really want you to start thinking about your future, what you'd like to do, and where you see yourself being in, in future time, in, in years to come, as they say. You know, what what what, what comes to mind when, you, when I first said, you, Paul, where do you want to be in, like, hypothetically, two years' time? Um, reading DC events in the future? Ah, uh, my Paul, Paul, Paul. Oh, okay, so we're looking... Let's let's think of some other things we could be doing in in the future. You know, in the future you could you could yeah you could be living somewhere else. You could be in the future living in a different state. Uh, you know, any any thoughts on that? A future state, you say? Ooh. DC OCD, the DC Events Podcast, where we're looking at every single DC event from Crisis on Infinite Earths all the way back in 1985, and we're going chronologically in order, year by year, and as we get to this point, it's kind of like month by month <laughs> to get to uh, the newest event, and today we're going to be looking at Future State, and to do that, I am joined by two esteemed podcasters, terrific guys from the Ride On Network. I have AJ and I have Tim. Hey, AJ, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for having me, Paul. Yeah, and Tim, you're still here? Yeah, I'm still here. How about that? Excellent. Thank you for having me, Paul. Really appreciate it. I am, I am waiting for the second esteemed podcaster to show up because I know you have Ashford here, but who's the second one that's supposed oh, to be showing up? Oh, self-depreciating humor. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so 90s. So 90s. <laughs> Yeah. So, Future State. What is Future State? It's an event that happened for like two months. Well, one month and a bit. Um, it had 24 titles. There were 52 issues. It's a transition cover thing. So, uh, DC were doing stuff in the background and they came up with this. It, this was a Dan DiDio initiative called uh, 5G that then became Future State that came something we're not going to do and then something we are kind of doing and then these are stories that aren't going to happen oh look they're happening now later i don't know what's going on with future state it's a weird one but um basically uh do any of you remember years and years and years ago i think uh, image comics as a stunt basically jumped all their books ahead to do issue 27 and said hey it's the future this is this issue you know, very optimistic for some of the image creators to think they'd ever get that far, but some of them did, and then they had to um, write their stories to match up to that story when they got there. Do any of you recall that? No, I oh, do not. Gosh. I just remember one year later. No. Yeah, no, this was a um, long time before one year later, so it was the uh, original image books. But, um, yeah, this is a bit like that, because... So, they said these are stories set in the future, and uh, yeah. Uh, so Tim, uh, you had a bit of a, an idea of what the whole thing was. So could, are you happy to run through that quickly? I can give it a shot. So the main thing is that we have the Batman family of books that have 
one story that's kind of going through the whole slew of them, which is the magistrate taking over law and order and uh, uh, enforcing the law in Gotham City and basically turning it into a police state. And, you know, Bruce Wayne loses his fortune, has to stop being Batman, but a new Batman rises. Other characters from the Batman family join in in various ways to fight this oppressive government. I don't know why that would be relevant to today. And they and various efforts going on there. We see Harley Quinn in action, Robin, the Red Robin um, and the Red Hood. The outsiders jump into things just because. Um, the inmates of Arkham Asylum get involved. It's a whole thing. And I actually counted up. It's like a third of the books this month are Batman related titles. So that's a third of the, of the series being involved in that. But the other stories, not so directly related because they'll have their own things going on. Like the Justice League is doing Justice League stuff. Superman is protecting Metropolis from being a shrunk. He shrinks Metropolis to protect it from Brainiac which is a crazy reversal. Wonder Woman has, we have the new Wonder Woman who does amazing things. And then Diana, we see her going and alive through the end of time and the end of the universe. There, um, there's also a Teen Titans storyline where there's new evil coming to the earth and new demons coming and get imprisoned in Raven. Uh, and Shazam is uh, recruited to protect the world from those demons which actually means that Shazam gets split from Billy Batson and Billy Batson is the one protecting the world from that. So things happen there. There's basically a lot. <laughs> There's a lot that happens in these things. Superman himself gets taken to the war world. There's another storyline where Lex Luthor has, is ruling his planet Lexor, which I don't remember having heard about since pre-crisis, which is an amazing callback. And there's interesting stories there with Lois Lane more than Superman trying to take down Lex's insidious rule over this planet. To say that there's a lot is a little bit of a misnomer. And I covered Countdown to Final Crisis. <laughs> and there's a lot going on in these stories. But as you said, Paul, this, all this kind of like is a shot forward in the future. Now, it's really kind of more like we're going to give you this look into where our books could be going on a particular end. And we're going to explore those storylines. So it's kind of like foreshadowing of, and a snapshot of foreshadowing of the whole DC line. But with the way things work, it's more like a, here's what could happen. Are we really beholden to them actually going this way? Or are things going to be changed? And we'll see things turn out better than this, worse than this, uh, other twists and turns along the way. Who can say? But it's really kind of just a chance to say, we'll tease the readers with this foreshadowing, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's guaranteed to happen. Yeah. So just the scale of this, it was uh, 24 titles, but there were 52 issues. Make it 52. That's an interesting number for DC to pick, which is interesting. Yeah. But um, AJ, <laughs> what stood out to you? What were your favorite moments or the biggest deals? What 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 bits did you like? You know, I followed everything with uh, John Kent, uh, son of Kal-El. I enjoyed the Nightwing stuff. Robbie Thompson, 
that was on Suicide Squad. I continue to read the Suicide Squad, and it was fun stuff with Ambushbug. So, I Justice League, the Batman stuff. Oh, and what stood out to me was uh, Dark Detective because we had Dan Mora doing the artwork on there. And so far, Dan Mora can do no wrong to me. So, a lot of this, like. I don't know how Tim just summed that up so well because this is so expansive. It's, it's so large on scale. It's you got to compliment it and also criticize it for even attempting this. <laughs> but what I think about as I'm reading this and as we're analyzing this is, okay, let's say there's a 24 year old or a 16 year old. And they're like, I want to jump in on this DC stuff. This future state, it might be a good like jumping on point. What would they think after this? Because this is like radio where you're not supposed to be listening to the radio for three hours. It's designed for someone to get in for 17 minutes and get out. <laughs> so no one was really supposed to read all of these. So I think the ones where <laughs> I read them myself, I enjoyed them. Like the stuff with Stephanie and Cassandra Kane, like that possible future is like, ooh, what's that? But as a whole, there were some of the things that were losing me, but it wasn't the fault of the stories. It's just I didn't really have a connection with Swamp Thing like that. So I don't know. I'm interested in seeing what you guys saying. Was this a mistake? Was this a waste of time or what? What happened here? Yeah. And and Tim, what, what were your favorite parts? Well, there was I was um, very intrigued by the whole magistrate storyline because there was just lots to it. They really took a whole lot of different angles on it and we're approaching it from different ways. Um, so there was a lot there to enjoy overall. But boy, it was a very comprehensive thing. It really also sort of surprised me to get such a strong feeling of DC having dedicated offices to the different families of titles is what it was kind of coming through as. Like, you know, the Batman family of titles was like a lot of issues. And out, and then there was the Superman family. Wonder Woman had a good set. And then you can kind of lump some into Justice League and Titans and others. But what my, my, my head kept going back to is, remember in, do I think you remember in the mid to late 90s when Marvel got really corporate and all of the so- lines were divvied up into families like that? Was that when there was all those Avengers titles all at once? Or was that, am I thinking of something later? It was, it was kind of like that, but they also, and they also had like the Spider-Man titles that had three Spider-Man titles and then they lumped in new warriors as a Spider-Man title. Oh, and yeah. And then they had like the X-Men titles, which was pretty easy to have as a family of titles, but then Avengers, which also then included like the fantastic four as a member of the Avengers family of titles (laughs) and the fans mocked them for that. Rightfully so. It feels a whole lot like DC has gone that way and done it for real. I'm not going to say whether it's been good or not, but it feels like that's what everything is. It's like they all got to be part of a family of titles now. It's just, just kind of and it just jumped out at me for this reading this set of books, you know, with being really like just a snapshot of two months of books. Yeah. But it was really I really did think that a lot of the writing I won't get into the scoring part yet, but a lot of the stories I thought were really great. I was really enjoying them. I've been reading comics for a long time. So I'm used to, from the old days, having to jump into a story and you just got to swim with it. You don't know if you're even going to get the next issue. So you just want to if have fun. You got to be able to just pick it up and go with it. 
So not necessarily knowing where this was all going or what had come on before, I'm usually pretty good about just going with the flow and not letting that upset me. Um, but boy, some real standouts were Wonder Woman uh, with the uh, the new Wonder Woman. She was amazing. I really enjoyed that. Um, the Superman versus Imperious Lex was a very biting commentary, uh, and it was a, a hoot. Just I'll use that technical term, pardon me, a hoot <laughs> to read that story. Um, Kara Zor-El Superwoman was surprisingly good. I, I was very amazed to see that one come through. I, I, some of the Supergirl stories have suffered in recent years, so I was I thought it was pretty. I thought it was a pleasant surprise. The Aquaman story was also a, a surprise to me. Um, with with the new Aqua Woman, uh, she was pretty great. But the all-out standout was Superman: Worlds of War, with Philip K. Johnston writing it. That story blew me away. The first issue of it, I was just awestruck. Um, I know that Miss that, that Doctor Ange is a big fan of Philip K. Johnston's work here, and I can see why in just these two issues. So that was just amazing things. How about you, Paul? What did you think about? What did you have <laughs> highlights? The whole idea behind it was interesting because originally I think it was saying let's move the DC universe forward um, and bring in new characters, a new generation of heroes, and we'll try and try and put the older heroes in a historical time and place um, and make the timeline, you know, sort of back to the 40s or before or whatever. So that I believe that was the original intention, and then they went, oh no no no, we can't do that now. We don't want to do that, but we've done all this work let's kind of just do these future stories and and then we'll leave them be and then they went oh hang on uh let's just tell some of these future stories straight away anyway or modify them <laughs> or you know or let's drop them all together but we've got all these new characters we'll bring them in so the whole thing seems like um it was like a, a chef had prepared a, a menu based on all their skills and then they got fired and other chefs had to take it all over and try and um, serve this feast um, so, <laughs> yeah and then the DC universe was like well which bits are we going to keep and which bits we aren't so you can see some things are like they're, uh, if the writers came in they're doing auditions for things that we're going to come after um, like Philip K. Johnson as you said he does the war world thing and then when he's on the books for real what does he do for real he tells his war world, war world saga suddenly they had all this, the magistrate in Gotham, and then they were like, okay, let's actually tell that story, but maybe we'll tell it on a scale down, just turn it into another event. So that became Fear State, instead of this massive, you know, Judge Dredd is the future of um, Gotham City, it became, oh, this guy took over for a while, and then we beat him. And the Wonder Woman stuff really got a good refresh out of it, I think. They, they got a real shot in the arm. And it seems like did these writers get to have their audition and then they nailed it and then they you know, got rewarded with the ongoing so we've got um, Michael uh, W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan uh, they do the Wonder Woman stuff and then they keep going with Wonder Woman and then later on they get Batgirls as well so yeah, it, it seems to be like that. Now there were a few that I thought were just complete dead ends um, and one of them I was quite pleased. It's like, we've heaped enough indignities on Wally West to, for a lifetime. No, let's do some more. We'll make him oh, evil. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That so, was a thing. Yeah. And then they immediately, like, that was a story that was never picked up and carried on in the future because they immediately went, no, no, let's bring Wally back the way everyone loves him. And then they got Jeremy Adams to write Wally West. 
um, which is why we, everyone loves The Flash now, um, that book. But yeah, it, it mm-hmm. seems it seems like the plans were like, no, this isn't what we're going to do, and then they went, yeah, yeah, let's do them all. Um, but yeah, uh, there were some which just kind of seem interesting, like the the Supergirl one is very hippie <laughs> or something. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But AJ, what, anything you want to add to all this? Oh man. Uh, well, especially with Tim and I doing the Bad Girls, it it totally spun out of that because they were still talking about Cassandra Kane being framed from that. But I, I guess that was with Fear State. So uh, yeah, I, I think this is definitely possible futures. But it it also set up Bruce Wayne not being a a multi billionaire. You know, just having several hundred million. You know, just being That's able all. to live in the uh gentrified part of brooklyn's uh gotham he can still live there in a brownstone but he's slumming it so uh you know that was interesting but i think i like that too because uh it may be interested in bruce wayne i like the way bruce wayne is uh, characterized in this and then afterwards so again i'm still kind of unclear on was this quality stuff but because I'm, I'm I'm thinking about like how this show is set up as far as legacy, but so far there's a lot that happened here that uh, continues on. Like you guys were saying with the uh, the Superman, like one of the first things that happened, like hey, I got to go off to this war world and uh, help save these people, and that plays a big part of it. So this had consequences. Uh, it matters. I, I still think I, I'm thinking about like what they're setting up to because you know it's just like cigarettes. You're not trying to get a 45 year old to start you're trying to get them young so it's like <laughs> a young reader that and, and that young reader could be any age but someone new to dc do they have to read these or can they just jump on in the aftermath of it but i think some of them again like the suicide squad i really like i i, I never really read suicide squad in a row like that but the aftermath of it it, it was good stuff and based off this um and I thought, uh, again, I, I liked all the stuff with uh, the, the Superman-related titles. Yes, the Supergirl, it was uh, hippied out. Uh, what did you guys think about the next Batman? Because uh, was, it, it was a fun read, but kind of confusing, like how he fits in. And like Nightwing is like, hey, I accept you, but I'm not really dealing with you. What was going on there? Yeah, and Bruce is dead. Um supposedly for some of this so it's like you know no one thinks bruce is alive and then there's a new batman it, it, yeah it was in extra media term it was like here's a new generation of actors and characters we can use to you know push forward if we want to do um you know start fresh with the dc universe away from um the snyder tainted stuff <laughs> in some ways but yeah i i yeah i haven't really got a good handle on what i thought of um jace fox as um the next batman so tim did you have more to add on that no i think that that was pretty much it i um i think you covered all the things i was thinking about with the one exception being that so what you're saying paul is that uh this is what armageddon 2001 stopped short of doing so it showed us the future 10 years in the future but then actually didn't follow through on the stories that we saw there so that's what we that's what we missed out from Armageddon 2001, right? <laughs> that they sh- they should have actually like, and and um, and we missed out on our chance for for Monarch to be uh, 
done and undone by this storyline. Right. Yeah, well, hey. well, there was a ten-year leap ahead that was, you know, quite definite at that point. So it 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 was too far ahead to ever happen, I thought. Whereas this is sort of nebulous mm-hmm. and undefined. And then, you know, two months later in the DC Universe, they actually start some of these stories anyway. So, yeah, it, it's kind of weird like that. Yeah, I mean, I really like the Green Lantern one. and But I read the Green Lantern series and then I went back and read Future State. And it kind of worked like... Um, the Future State issue, issues of Green Lantern were like the, the second last uh, episode of a, a season. A season. So it, when you were dropped into that second right. last episode, everything is sort of escalated and it's nearly towards the end. And then when you read the book, you go, oh, okay, this sort of happens, you know, three quarters of the way through and kind of fits in. But yeah, I mean, I could see how you could skim all this stuff and go, oh, DC's just trying to do badass stuff because, you know, they've got naught biting people and killing them and ripping their throats out <laughs> in the Greenland yeah. books. Um, and in the Flash books, you got Impulse in his classic costume getting murdered by the Flash. <laughs> I was not happy about Nort being a badass. But was, the flip side is that I was glad to see Nort in the book at all, because he's been largely forgotten. But I was I didn't really care for that take. What were you going to say, AJ? Uh, there was this one part where Jace, the next Batman, he saves this guy life and he goes, uh, you saved my life. And he goes, yeah, now do something with it. And I was like, oh, that's what Superman told John Henry Irons when he saved him from falling off that skyscraper. And that's oh, it. Nice. So that's, that's the only mm-hmm. note that I took from this whole thing. Because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read all this stuff. I'm going to take notes. But you know what? I was so caught up in the stories, I didn't really know where to start. And then I was kind of thinking also from – because this is totally different with DCOCD. It's usually like, okay – we're doing this one event and it's all this one thing, but this is straight up a whole universe. And like you're, you guys are saying, like, as far as like, there are different DC offices, like where the Superman branch, where the uh, Batman kingdom, that kind of stuff. So they're not really beholden to each other. And they're like, Hey, I'm going to do the wonder woman title where I'm the last woman standing in the future. So I really don't need to worry about what any of you guys are doing. So uh, that's not in a negative term, but this wasn't, like a cohesive unit type thing it's it's all over the place and i mean that in a neutral way yeah uh, well let's look at what actually came out of it so they did use it as a launch launcher so it wasn't just an occupier um but i think part of it was if everyone does these books then we can think a little bit about our publishing plans beyond uh and you can still uh see dc sort of in flux after this as they're trying to work out what they want to do but uh, definitively, there was the Future State Gotham story, which is continuing the story of um, Jace as uh, Batman. Uh, we got the Green Lantern run from uh, Jeffrey Thornhill and um, Tom Rainey, which sort of picked up on that story, and yeah, it was pretty good. Superman, Son of Kal-El, which is the, the Tom Taylor, John, John Kent story, um, which is really good. Uh, the next Batman Second Son, I don't know about that one, but I haven't read it yet. Uh, we get Teen Titans Academy, and everyone involved should be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Girl, Yara Floor, she got her own series for a little while, and that led into the trial of the Amazons, and that's really good, and she's a great character, and I think, you know, she is, 
Yeah, I think she's someone who's going to pop up in other places apart from comics in the future. I would not be surprised. Uh, we got Aquaman The Becoming, uh, where he became uh, something. Mm. <laughs> and, <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. But, there, I mean, there's also the... What's the other Aquaman? The Aqualad, who's... Yeah, he's an Aquaman too now. So, yeah, two Aquaman. And that there's a series called Aquaman after this as well. And then I Am Batman, which is... Um, what is I Am Batman? Is this just someone saying I Am Batman and someone else saying I Am Batman? Like I Am Spartacus? I'm not sure. Maybe that's the sequel. I am, I am Robin. I am Malcolm X. Of, <laughs> I am Brian and so is my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, Ram V on Swamp Thing, of course, was another one that came out of that. He introduced that new character. So, you know, some of them were direct continuations. Some were their little pauses and then they got to their stories. Some they dropped all together. Yeah, they tr- really tried to make um, Red X happen in the Titans book um, and cross that over with uh, the Suicide Squad. Uh, what are they doing with um, Amanda Waller? I mean, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Where she's fight- she's trying to fight crime and run Earth 3. Is she trying to fight crime or just build a power? Well, oh, I or, don't know. Or, 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 or she wants her home Justice League to go and wreak havoc in Earth on Earth Three. I don't know. I mean, she's just like she went from someone who served the greater good through extreme measures to uh, just being a power crazy woman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just want to know who's funding her campaign. As I'm reading, this, I'm just thinking the whole time like she being funded by the government. Like, how is she being funded? I don't know. Wait till you get to Task Force Z and she's, you know, working in secret with Two-Face, but blackmailing him and also undermining him at the same time. I don't know. It's so weird. You got you have to <laughs> write me about a it. Lot. You're going to have to write to me about that because I always skip zombie stuff. Ah, okay. Uh, I'm a horrible person, sorry. No, you're not. No. You no. Doing? Yeah, I had to read the Black Lantern series a year later because when it first <laughs> opened up and the Hawk people... They died and turned into zombies. Like, wait a minute, zombie stuff again? I got out of there. Then I read it a year later. <laughs> yeah, so crazy. All right, well, we might take a break, and then we'll do that uh, scoring bit that we like to do. So here's, here's a promo from the Rhino Network. The Justice League wouldn't help them, so Batman formed a new team. They are the Outsiders. We are the Outsiders! Covering Mike W. Barr's series into its third year, where change is in the air. A new member joins, an original member leaves, old and new threats, and the deadliest man alive. Oh, and more puns. The Outcasters is a Batman and the Outsiders podcast. Look for us under the Right On Network. That's W-R-I-G-H-T on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Or listen at our website, thehunterspodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at BatOutcasters. Join the Outcasters. Because to live outside the law, you must be honest. And now it's part of the show where we score this event. And what we do is uh, we have four categories. Everyone ranks it out of ten. One of us is the semi or the semi-OCD. You guys happy with semi or semi? Uh, let Let me be a semi truck on this one no no you're the guest you get to be a main oh, okay uh, you get to be a a, a big rig the full okay yeah <laughs> <a big rig. laughs> the whole conductor instead of semiconductor 
You're, you're, you're Mac. Yeah. You're Mac. Now, I do this every episode, but there's eventiness, there's writing, there's art that covers, and there's the impact and legacy, and the semi gets their score halved, and that makes a total out of 100, and that allows it to slot neatly into our rankings, which are on our website, waitingfordoom.com. <sighs> Take a breath. Okay. Tim, let's talk about eventiness. Where do you score this on eventiness, and what are your eventiness thoughts about the eventiness of this event? Okay, well, so the main thing that this was kind of missing for me in terms of event was a common story link. I mean, it had the common approach of being set in the future, but by and large, there wasn't that overarching storyline or threat or even like theme to the stories it's just we're going into the future now the families of titles like the batman family and the superman family had some common things between them but it was still like any other more like those were their own events within future state and not really the future state itself there was nothing about it that all kind of tied together um so it kind of doesn't feel as much of an event in, in that regard. I mean, in terms of like, you know, taking over the complete publishing line, oh, sure. But I kind of expect the events to have that big epic storiness to it. So it doesn't quite get there for me. And with that, I'm going to give it a five. I, it just doesn't go to that extra mile. I mean, it's, it's encompassing. We see all the books getting involved with their stories, but it doesn't really have that thing that makes it um, tie together that you can look back on all of them as having a shared thing, a shared experience. Mm. What about you, AJ? I'm going to give it a six, a plus one from Tim. I agree with everything that he's saying. There's not this overall encompassing threat tying it all together, but what each book is doing, they seem pretty epic. So the inventiness, uh, you know, taking over the line, and it wasn't one of those things where you could ignore it like, well, I'm going to ignore this event, just read my own personal uh, pull box stuff. Like, no, everything stopped. So, yeah, I'll give it a six. Right. I, I'm i confused about it. I'm probably going to give it a, a six as well. It's, I mean, it, it has, it covers a broad part of the line, but it's not cohesively eventy. It doesn't, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of it has to go with how much do you like um, Dystopia Gotham Under the Magistrate and that story, and I don't find that particularly compelling as far as an event. Like, things happen in Gotham all the time. This is just another thing that happened, but except it seems to have more sort of Blade Runner vehicles flying around and cyborgs. (laughs) So uh, I'll I'll give it a six, but I mean, I liked what it did around the edges more. Um, Yeah... But it doesn't feel like any... I mean, I guess I want it to be the current DC universe is involved and it's involved in this way, which this this just doesn't have. Um, And I think it's the first event that's a bit like that, where it doesn't have the current DC universe involved. So, Hmm. All right, now on to the writing. So, AJ, what are your thoughts about the writing? I'm going to give the writing a seven. There were only a couple of times where... I felt like it was a slog, but that was my own personal problem. Uh, I will recommend anyone that, you know, like on my own time, I read maybe like three of the arcs. But then for this, I read the whole thing. If you haven't done that, I would recommend instead of going in the order that the DC app is giving you, you should just uh, like read all of the Aquaman, read all of the next Batman. 
instead of going, I guess, the order that they are published in, because you kind of forget, like, wait a minute, what, that was going on with me with uh, Lord of the Rings. Like, I seen it happen, and I kind of forget, like, okay, what were the other <laughs> people doing? I, I never remembered names. I, I didn't know anything. So I'm going to give the writing a seven, because I thought that uh, the peril that the characters were in, uh, I understood who the characters were when I when I was reading the book. I, I think these books are well-written. Seven. Seven. I'm going to give the writing a six, I think. <laughs> uh, I think some of it was really well done, and some of it... Um, I guess the story was the weakness, not the writing itself. But, I mean, I was surprised by... Some of the ones I thought I wouldn't want to read were actually really enjoyable and readable. Uh, but there, there's no vision to it writing-wise. It's just a whole lot of people doing their best with what they've got. So it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have a a tone as much as... I mean, the tone is it's the future, uh, you know, which isn't really much of a tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a six. What about you, Tim? I also gave it a seven, like AJ. The, a lot of the individual stories were really good. There is really, to me, there was only a few that kind of didn't hit the mark. Um, but also because I'm a math head, I actually made my spreadsheet and scored each story at, on and averaged it out. <laughs> and I came out with a seven on that way. So I think you had another guest who did that before. And I was like, you know, that's the only way I can approach this one because I don't think I'd be fair otherwise. I might be scoring it too high because of some of the ones I really liked. Um, I mean, like Philip K. Johnson. Oh, his story got a 10. But, ooh, that Legion of Superhero story. Oh, Oh, that Legion of Superhero story. <laughs> so <laughs> that brought things down pretty bad. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of so many good things out there. Uh, and I, Joelle Jones's writing for Wonder Woman was fantastic. Um, and Clunan and Conrad on their Wonder Woman stories as well. Um, there was, you know, so there was lots of good things out there. And I really was entertained on on all of them. And and most of them, I wasn't lost, which is really a credit to them for like just jumping into something that's going to be as abrupt as this. Um, so yeah, I'll give it a seven. Now, when we get to art, this is where this event sings. I think some of the art in this is amazing. It's uh, it looked like they had time to do it. They had um, space to realize their artistic visions. There are some really good artists. Even some of the books that uh, the story sucks have terrific art, like that Flash book and. Yeah, I'm terrible. I'm not going to name artists because I can't remember them all. But, you know, I was really impressed by a lot of the art on this. Uh, well, actually, Nicholas Scott. I'm going, Nicholas Scott did Yay. the art on yes. the Nightwing book. Yes. And, yeah, I love that title. I mean, it's a little bit of an inconsequential story, but the art is terrific. And um, uh, Applause. Yeah. Applause. And I think Andrew Constant, who wrote it, is her husband. So that's a little insider one for you, Whoa. For you guys. So. Yeah, but uh, no, the the art and the covers are pretty good. I, I think the trade dress of these is a little bit oppressive to the art. So, you know, I think some of the covers would have done better with less uh, future state branding. But, I mean, you, you got to market your stuff. That's the name of the game. So I am going to give it uh, an eight for art and covers. That's me. Now, uh, AJ, what do you think? Did I mention that Dan Mora was on the <laughs> Detective Comics book? <laughs> I'm going to give this one an eight as well. Uh, like you said, all the books, even if uh, there are books where you, you weren't too enthusiastic about it, the artwork was commendable. I will give it an eight out of ten. Fantastic. 
fantastic. And we must be up to Tim. Tim, what about you? What do you think? I'm going to round it out by also giving it an eight. And yes, that is with me making my spreadsheet and scoring each one individually. And my average came out to be eight. So there were lots and you guys hit on it already. So many good artists in this book. Otto Schmidt on Catwoman was pretty amazing. Yeah. But yeah, Dan Mora, uh, Tom Rainey on Green Lanterns. Michael Perkins was doing amazing things in Swamp Thing. Joelle Jones. I was loving Joelle Jones on the one woman, both the writing and the artwork. So both just came together. Steve Pugh bringing a very humorous but sarcastic look to imperious lex it was and you know nicholas scott just oh oh chef's kiss for nicholas scott so many good things. so too. yeah oh yeah absolutely and the covers i mean i did i couldn't tell you the names of the covers that would take a little bit more research than i can afford right now but the covers and the cover look even though there was a lot of different tones and settings they really felt like a unit there it's like from a cover i would think that's where the eventiness kind of came through this looked like a single thing even without the trade dress they all kind of go together extremely well at least to me so i yeah a solid eight on this artwork for this lovely i should have got you to go first because you knew all the names <laughs> <laughs> no i didn't i just have the a lot of tabs on my browser open and <laughs> click mm. click 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 all right so aj let's hear your take on the impact and legacy did this count? Did it go on? Did your heart go on with it? That sort of thing. Oh, did my heart go on with it? You know what? I will give this. I think this is too high, but I'm just going to say it because I, I, we're not that far removed from it. I'm going to give this a seven because uh, we've mentioned this before throughout the the podcast that a lot of what goes on here, it it's having ripple effects through DC now. And I don't think it's going to get done. Like, Maybe the plot might go in a different direction, like, oh, that possible future isn't happening. But the characterization that was going out through all of the books, those characterization of the characters, that's going to go forward from this point on. Even if there's another event to wipe everything away, I think the sensibilities of the modern era of writing books in D.C. and like uh, the politics of it, the ethos of it, uh, John Ken, like some of the missions that he go on. I don't think that's going away. And so you can like if someone were to go, well, where did this all start? I don't think we're going to go back to Flashpoint and we're not going to go back to, I don't know, Final Crisis or Infinite Crisis. I think we're going to go. We're going to come to here. Future state for when did these characters start behaving this way? So I'll give it a seven out of ten. Wow. Yeah. And Tim. What do you think? Well, I'm going to be a copycat, and I'm giving it a 7 as well for a lot of the reasons AJ already said. But, you know, from a story standpoint, whether you view this as, like, tryout stories that then just became the actual stories you were going to tell with these creative teams, or if you want to treat this as foreshadowing of stories to come, in which case it's almost like a cheat because you're, like, predestination of the impact is like, well, I've already told the stories that I'm going to tell in the future, so of course there's an impact in legacy. Well, that, either way, that's fine. But even from a creative direction, the fact that these stories worked well and came out so good overall let the, um, the comic book line go forward. 
and say, yes, we're going to take these stories and let you run with them. But start from start from where we are and get back to a continuity in the present day, not just be something that's mystically out in the future. Like, let's let's do them now and and give these creators their chance to shine and say and do something that's not quite as what if where the world's going to end at the end or everything blows up at the end. It's like, no, we got to make do something and let's give us a direction that else we can carry forward. And like just to see the fact that the legacy of getting like, as I said before, Philip K. Johnson getting to roll on Superman, getting Clunan and Conrad to do Wonder Woman and have them create the Batgirls as, you know, seeing them come together and have a storyline and a whole series come out from them. Fear State take over the Batman lines as a direct consequence of things we saw in Future State for the um, from the Magistrate. Uh, it all kind of comes together. So uh, there's no denying that this was a big thing that set the tone for DC for the immediate future. Interesting for Future State. But yeah, so I said seven, right? Mm, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, seven. Okay, well I'm going to give it a six because I think it does have a really big impact. But uh, this is where the, the the shortfall of my methodology uh, shines out because we're doing this. <laughs> you know, this happened very recently. This these all came out last year at the beginning of last year. So um, what mm-hmm. we are seeing is Future State was like a bowling ball that someone dropped into a bath, and there's a huge splash at this point. But we haven't really seen it settle down yet. <laughs> so yeah, the ripples are still very evident. Yeah. So, I mean, five years down the track, it might be easier to say, oh, yeah, this really, really stuck. But, I mean, I think, yeah, you can say, yeah, it has made an impact. We have got Yara Flog, and she's not going away. We've, you know, got these writing teams and artist teams in evidence around the place. So, yeah, it could be a big thing. But we have seen, like, a couple of the titles have ended unsuccessfully, like... um, I don't think the Green Lantern one was a, a critical or sales success. Teen Titans Academy is now gone by the wayside. Suicide Squad are waiting for their next reboot now. But some are still going. Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is doing quite successfully. The the Fear State, which they told the Magistrate story, that's been and gone. And I don't think anyone's clamoring to see the Magistrate again. So, yeah, I, I'm feeling it's a six. So... Yeah, but that gives us all our scores. So, um, Tim, I added all yours up, and they came to 27. So, pretty solid. AJ, you you know, you are a kinder heart than Tim, so you gave it 28, slightly. I am dead inside. (laughs) We all know that. Yeah. And my score came to 26, which makes me the coldest, meanest one of all. Um, (laughs) And then we halve that, and uh, and we get 13, and then we add them all together... And we get 68, 68 for this event. That's not bad. I think that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So that puts us on the same ranking as Bruce Wayne Murderer slash Fugitive and Forever Evil and everyone's favorite event, Heroes in Crisis. So it's it's sitting... There we go. Oh. It's in that folder, sir. <laughs> hey, Sean did a great job with Heroes in Crisis. Well... That's true. He had the internet spinning. But I'm telling you, Sean, <laughs> Sean is very. I, I, I told Sean, I was like, "Hey, man, you're you're dangerous because he'll make you buy books. <laughs> like he'll really sell something. Like, man, that sounds good. I gotta go check that out." So that's an interesting spot for it to sit. I mean, it's that's 17 on the list. 17. It's but we have it's, a lot of yeah. a lot of queuing around there because lots of events get the same sort of score. So 
Yeah, someone's going to come at us for mm-hmm. this one, aren't they? To say, oh, you gave it this much? What? Yeah, I think <laughs> I was a little too high on this one, but, you know, I felt good being around YouTube. You've got to use the parameters. You, you, that's the, you've got to. Anyway, um, there is a special announcement of what's coming next at the end of this episode, so um, don't tune out now. But if you want to go see these scores, you can go to waitingfordoom.com, and they're all sitting there. And uh, let's look at feedback. So we did get a little bit of feedback from Billy D. Uh, Billy Delicious from Magazines of Monsters does the All-Star nice. Squadron show and he said hey Paul and guess I just want to chime in and say that your Doomsday Clock was a fun episode of the show I'm not a current reader but DC's advertising for this event was great I thought about diving in until I heard about the delays and it killed my interest in it I'm still pondering getting it in trade just to be able to say that I've read something moderately current uh, cheers thanks Billy that's great you know, you know you could do worse you could do worse than reading that so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you want to send us feedback, we'd love it. We haven't got a lot lately, but, um, you know, I, I crave attention and um, validation. And apart from everyone always being super happy to be on the show, it'd be nice to hear from people and say, yeah, this is what we thought. So, you know, uh, you can you can do that by sending us an email to dcocdcast at gmail.com. Um, of course, we've got the website, waitingfordoom.com. There's a post for this show, and you can look at it there. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter for now at this stage at DCOCDcast at this stage uh, Twitter Twitter's on life support I mean I'm getting more and more people I don't want to hear from in my feed telling me how they've been done wrong so Oof. yes yeah anyway guys what do you want to plug AJ? yes I want to plug at the Ride On Network we're in the month of December 2022 and we are doing a countdown to the new year at the Feathers and Foes, a Birds of Prey podcast. That's a lot of fun. And we also do the Manhattan Project, not with Dr. Manhattan, but uh, it's a uh, Seinfeld and Friends podcast. And we are doing a, an advent calendar. A friend gave me a Friends advent calendar. And we're just each day we're going April and myself, April 5K on Twitter. Uh, we're talking about it's a lot of fun. And uh, just go to the Huntresspodcast.com. To find out what we're doing at the Right On Network, a lot of fun stuff. What about you, Tim? Yeah, you can find me on the Right On Network as well for the Batgirl Cassandra Kane podcast with AJ, where we're covering the new series Batgirls right now. We have uh, plans to cover the new 52 Batgirl series sometime in the new year as well. So come and join us for that. And plus, that Batgirls series has been fantastic. You know, AJ and I kind of gush about it, just so you know. Oh. And yeah, and you also can find on that same feed The Outcasters, a Batman and the Outsiders podcast with uh, AJ, myself, and our guest host, Sarah Century. Um, where we're covering the 80s uh, series Batman and the Outsiders. It's been going great. I'm sure that Batman will be with that series for quite a long time. Oh, wait, we're on issue number 30. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, so join us there. You can also find me on Twitter at TimPrice17. Uh, and you also can find me at, at, at TimPrice17 on Hive and Counter Social. And I, I know because I'm trying to branch out, but I don't really know if it's going to work or not. I don't know. And you can also find the Outcasters on Twitter at BatOutcasters. And you can find me on Facebook at Tim Price, because I'm sure there's only one or two Tim Prices out there on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And so now the, the big announcement that I really wanted to make is the next one. We are coming to the end of this period of DCOCD, but we are going out with a massive bang. So we are going to do a DC event bracket tournament. Um, so we will be doing... <gasps> 
32 events paired off in games and you can basically rank them and you can play along with us so on the website you will find the bracket tournament we'll put a prominent link to it um, so you can get the list yourself and you can say I think this one's better I, I think this one's better and you can come up with your own score of what you think is the best DC event but I will have a panel of uh, learned well-read comic fans who will be joining me for that one so this will be coming up in the new year so get excited people get involved and i think we'll probably do a prize for whoever gets it right um so um ciscoid has uh, given me some kind assistance and we have a great looking graphic of all the pairings and uh yeah it's it's happening folks it's real it's gonna it's gonna go down 2023 will start with a bang with that so um keep your eyes on the socials for that and uh yeah um get in touch if you're curious but yeah it will definitely be on the website waitingfordoom.com uh, under DCOCD so you can see the tournament bracket and uh, download it yourself print it out put it on your wall give it to your your folks for Christmas you can you know take it around to <laughs> your neighbour yeah you can ask people on the train what they think they should uh, is a better one you know no man's land no man's land no man's land yeah. Uh-oh. I think Epic AJ is already uh, stumping for someone. Yeah. So um, more details as it comes to light. But, yeah, basically this is going to be uh, a big one. And that will be the end of uh, DCOCD for quite some time after that till we, we get enough space on these events. Uh, so, yeah. There's more events coming. Don't worry, folks. We've got uh, Lazarus Planet. We've got Fear State. We've got uh, Dark Crisis the darkest of the crises <laughs> so far yeah so there's plenty more to come but uh yeah check that out thank you for listening um yeah really appreciate everyone who supports this show uh yeah it's, it's a fun time for me and i love the guests that i get to talk to and especially love having you two on because uh yeah uh, you're returning guests Aww. and you always uh bring your a-game and I, I love it thanks guys now thank you thank paul you. well also before we before we go, I'm just going to embarrass you by saying that, you know, this podcast is one of my big joys. It's so much fun to listen to. You do have great guests and you yourself are really great. And your love of these events is fun. Even if you don't like the event, you love talking about them. <laughs> and this show is one of my faves. And I always look forward to new episodes. So thank you for doing this show, Paul. Aww. It's an education. It is an education. Oh, thanks, guys. And uh, we'll, we'll be seeing you soon on the next DCOCD. I don't know how we'll see you. It's an audio medium. But... <laughs> 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 Bye. <laughs>